2: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Bob Lovell, and it's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org, their website. We have some football, some basketball, some baseball to talk about tonight. We're glad you're with us. The star of our show tonight, you're going to catch him every 15 minutes. It's Network Indiana's Eddie Garrison.
1: Thank you, Coach. It's a pleasure to be with you and Nathaniel Finch here in downtown Indianapolis on what was a beautiful day here in the Circle City. Let's start things off with some Major League Baseball scores going on right now. They're in the top of the ninth in Pittsburgh. It's the White Sox and the Pirates, and it's been all White Sox in this one. They'll pick up their fourth win on the season. Hopefully, they're up by a touchdown in the ninth inning. 11-4 is a score. A lot of that damage came in the seventh inning where they scored five. The St. Louis Cardinals are currently in the middle of a shutout. They're up 6-0 over the Milwaukee Brewers. They're looking to hand the Brewers their second loss of the season. They got two runs in the first and four in the third. Nolan Arnado had a two-run home run. And then top prospect for the Cardinals, Jordan Walker, hit a two-run home run in the third as well. Cincinnati Reds earlier today, they got a gem from Nick Daldolo went seven innings of scoreless baseball 12 K's, but they lose three to two on a walk-off single by Bryson Stott. The Reds, after winning the first three games of the season have now lost four consecutively. For Network Indiana Sports I'm Eddie Garrison.
2: Welcome back everybody this is Indiana Sports Talk Eddie Garrison in tonight. Eddie Garrison how crazy was Brady Ware yesterday? Oh You're goodness. a indie grad, big-time baseball guy. How about that for a day?
1: That was uh, special, uh, historic, and I don't think I will ever be able to read something like that ever again because obviously I wasn't there to see it. Uh, but I was able to catch the highlights on Twitter and, then of course, see the graphic and everything and how he blew up overnight right. on Sports Center, all over ESPN, multiple different platforms picking it up. Just absolutely incredible. And I heard he had a pretty good conversation with you last night.
2: Yeah, I'd like to point out to everybody that he started his media swing on Indiana Sports Talk. And so thanks in large part to Greg uh, Straw for that. But, uh, I mean, I'm still trying to process uh, hitting for the cycle. And, as if that's not historic enough, I'm just going to go ahead and throw a no-hitter
1: yeah. while I'm at it. Yeah. I <laughs> I don't even think uh, Shoei Otani could do that. I, I mean, that's just wild. I don't, I don't think know. so either. I don't know how you have the focus. It's like, all right, cool. I think I just hit for the cycle for the first time. In my lifetime, maybe right. who knows? Maybe this wasn't the first time he's ever hit for the cycle, but so, if it was, I got to go out yeah. there and get three outs I, to finish the no hitter.
2: Eddie, I asked him. I said, "All right, so uh walk me through, uh you know, the hits." I said, "What was your first? What was the first hit?" He said, um "A home run." He, I said, I, "So I'm, you know, I'm howling. I'm going. You home? You homered your first plate appearance." He goes, "Yeah." And I said, uh, so I said, what, what's next? He said, I get a triple my second time up." He said, that's the hardest. He said, that's the one that was the hardest. And he said, once I got the triple, I started to think, you know what? I might, ha- I might have a chance. Uh, and, and then I said, so, you know, what's, what's going through your mind? He said, the entire day, all I'm thinking about, just throw strikes. Just throw," He said, I got in a little bit of trouble. He said, just, but I was, you know, I was able to just throw strikes. Uh, I, he said, I didn't have great stuff, but I had good stuff. But I, yeah. he said, I'm just over and over walking out there saying, throw to the glove, throw strikes, just keep your rhythm, those you know, those pitcher things. Uh, and um, uh, I didn't, and here's the thing it was, it was a, a great interview on his part. Bad interview on my part because the question that needed to be asked, I didn't ask. I didn't ask him, "What's going through your mind?" And I hate those kinds of questions anyway. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to find out. You're there walking out there for that last inning, and you know you have a no hitter. And what are you? What are you telling yourself? And I, I know the answer was going to be throw strikes. Going to go through. You know, he's he's programmed himself, and that's what's does it. I think the coolest thing about it is. Here's a kid from California, playing his final year of eligibility in Indiana, uh, and and I asked him. I said, "How'd you get here?" And he said, "Well, things didn't work out in the last place. He's I needed to change the scenery." And he said, "Had a great opportunity here." And uh, he said, "I love it." And, and we're pretty good. And man, oh man, what what a day! And what great recognition for him, Indy, Indianapolis, the whole state. It's the coolest thing going on.
1: If you're on the opponent, if you're in the other dugout and this is going on and you know this guy just hit for the cycle and you know he's pitching and he's got a no hitter going i can only imagine the things that were said after the game uh from the manager and the in the pitching coach because i i don't know i don't know what you can say it's like well guys one guy literally did beat us and i don't think you could ever say that in any game of baseball ever
2: no, 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 not, not like that. I think all you can say is tip your hat to the guy, for heaven's sakes. Give him, you, you, fellas, we were part of history uh, on the wrong side of history, but we were part of it. And, you know, at some point, let this be a lesson to all of us. If you just do things the right way and just keep plugging along, you'll have, you may have an opportunity to do something special. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a great story on so many levels, for heaven's sakes.
1: Yeah, it really is. And uh, when I was playing and when I was young, I was a catcher. So I had the I had a game, I think I had one, uh, where we had a no-hitter going into either the 6th or the 7th. And I can't right, right. remember when. And, like, you know, ev- everyone knows. Like, the pitcher knows, the catcher knows, the opponent knows, the team knows. But it's just like being mentally locked in. And being the guy who's calling the pitches, you still have to you know, think about every single pitch s- systematically. We ultimately did not get the no-hitter because uh, he gave up a single or a double or something. I can't fully remember. But, I mean, it's it's just as hard on the catcher if he has yeah, to be the one to call I the pitches it. as is right. the pitcher to execute.
2: All right, Eddie. We're we'll going to take a short break here, and we'll come back. Eddie Garrison, every 15 minutes, we're going to talk some baseball throughout the night. Short break. We'll come back, talk more ball on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Driven to save lives.org is their website. The best at what he does, Greg Rakestraw joins us. The voice of the Indy 11 tough night on the pitch, as they say. They lose 3-0 to the Oakland Roots. Greg Rakestraw, how did I do? Pitch and nil in one sentence. Not bad for a basketball guy.
0: Well, first of all, I'm just happy you're feeling better. But secondly, Thank you, so you nailed it in terms of the soccer lingo. Job well done by you.
2: Well, I appreciate it. And and I gave you credit last night, but thank you again (laughs) for arranging to have Brady Ware call the show last night after his historic effort uh, pitching a no-hitter and hitting for the cycle. I mean, the reaction has been, understandably, has been phenomenal, as it should be on such a historic occasion.
0: Well, I immediately thought, I'm like, okay, how can I best serve my alma mater and get this kid a little more pub. So literally, I texted you and said, here's the story, here's what happened. What time do you have available? So you go 1030. So I go, okay. So I email or I text Ryan Thorpe immediately, the SID. You and the right. hey, let's get him on the show. Give me the kid's number or we'll ha- or we'll have him call. And with about 30 seconds, here's Brady's number on my phone. And I am glad that the conversation went so exceedingly well.
2: Well, to his credit, he called me. Uh, you know, we were getting ready. If, if, if we were ready to call, he calls me, and I will tell you, I can tell you why he was able to, to do what he did. He's a level-headed, he's a focused young guy. He was. It was as if he had done these kinds of interviews his entire life.
0: Well, not only not not that I have to clarify that uh, throwing a no hitter and hitting for the cycle in the same game is just crazy, insane. He hit for the cycle in a seven-inning game. So in theory, he's oh, got like yeah. one less at bat right. to go and do right. that. And the fact that he did that, I mean, we're, we're talking like Shohei Otani level stuff that that kid pulled off last night.
2: Yeah, and then hitting a home run to start it off. Uh you know. I asked him first question I asked him, I said, Okay, so take me through uh, uh let's get to cycle. I said, uh, what'd you do with the first first time up at the plate? And he goes, I, I go for a home run. I said, Stop. You know, stop yourself, right? And then then he says, You know, I come back on the second one and he said, I get the triple. And he said, You know, triple's <laughs> the hardest one to get and he said after I got that I was feeling pretty good, feeling like I you know, I might get a chance.
0: In verbiage probably never uttered before. Do you think the pressure of chasing the cycle took the pressure off of him? Thinking about the no hitter that he was so busy Probably, thinking about, yeah. winning, he didn't get like the yeah. silent treatment from his teammates. The dugout wouldn't sit next no. to him because he had a no no going. was worried about getting right, the cycle. Right.
2: No, he was pretty level headed about. It. I asked him. I said, "He's he just he, my whole thing was I'm just I'm I'm, I'm out there concentrating on throwing strikes. I said I'm not worried about hitters. I'm not worried about anything. I'm just I'm trying to throw in the zone." And keep it down, throw strikes, and just do my job, and that's what you have. All right, good guys lose today to Oakland Roots. Uh, we're early into the season, so tell me about this year's edition of the Indy 11.
0: Yeah, first loss, and, and a disappointing one. Oakland's a solid team, but you just didn't see kind of the same verve and vigor from the Indy 11 in the second half, and part of that is it's the third match in eight days, but... Honestly, Oakland's got to go into the same thing. Oakland's probably got a little more squad to rotate, probably had a little bit less of an opponent in their Open Cup match at midweek than Indy did. So Indy had to go into the fuel tank a little bit more uh, in terms of uh, overcoming the Michigan Stars to advance on in the Open Cup in midweek. But in uh, talking with head coach Mark Lowry after the game, he seemed to think that they would put this behind him pretty quickly. Officially, fourth league match, First loss, a win, a loss, and two draws. They're still in good shape as they had to play Orange County out in California late next Saturday night.
2: Should be uh, an exciting team. I mean, I heard your interview a couple weekends ago with the coach and talking about uh, a core group of guys that that are pretty good and got some newcomers that uh, have some opportunities. It should be fun. Having asked you that, I need you to hang on. You know the drill here on that music. Greg Regstra and I will come back and talk more soccer in the 11 when we return to Network Indiana's Indiana sports talk.
1: With this Network Indiana sports talk scoreboard updates, I'm Eddie Garrison in minor league baseball today. The AA affiliate for the Cincinnati Reds, the Chattanooga Lookouts, they're playing a doubleheader against one of the best named teams, the Rocket City Trash Pandas. Now, I'm talking about this game because it went seven innings because it was a doubleheader. The Lookouts won 7-5 to without a hit. Seven runs in the top of the seventh inning without registering a hit. They had four walks, a wild pitch, three players hit by a pitch. All that came with two outs. The Trash Panda scored two in the bottom of the seventh, though. And the Lookouts did hold on to win 7-5. Other minor league games going on right now. The South Bend Cubs against the Quad Cities River Bandits. They're in Davenport, Iowa. 3-1 is the score. South Bend is ahead. They got a pair of runs in the second before tacking on an insurance run in the ninth. This game had a no-hitter going until the bottom of the eighth inning. Quad Cities was able to string together a couple hits to garner their first run on the scoreboard. 3-1 to one as they go into bottom nine. Indianapolis Indians in the Louisville Bats. A very close game. This one in Louisville. Indians pull out the win, five to four. They're now four and four early in the season. Four of those five runs did come in the fourth inning for the Tribe. West Michigan Whitecaps and the Fort Wayne Tin Caps, and the Tin Caps are now zero and three to start the season as they fall three to one. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison.
2: Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Greg Rakestraw. Rejoins us, you know Greg Rakestraw from just about every conceivable media outlet in the central Indiana area and the state of Indiana. Tonight, his voice of the uh, Indy 11 gig brings him to Mike Carroll Stadium and uh, the... uh, the guys lose 3-0 to Oakland Roots. All right, Greg, tell me about this game tonight. Tell me about this team and why all of us need to be excited and head down to Mike Carroll Stadium and watch them in action this year.
0: Well, first of all, as far as tonight's game is concerned, um, Linda and uh with a goal late in the first half to make it 1-0 at halftime. Indy had dominated play, if not for the entire first half, for a pretty good stretch of time before that goal happened, happened going into the break. And he said, okay, all right, they'll chase it a little bit. But they'll come back out and, and kind of reassert their dominance, if not in terms of goals scored, in terms of possessions. That's kind of what this Indy team has been about, has been a possession-dominated I mean, group the entirety of the season. And that rhythm just kind of was never found by the Indy 11 and half number two. A couple of goals, one on a bit of a, a turnover uh, on the back end by the Indy 11. Uh, the Darish Formella was able to tap in after a great save by – Indy 11 goalkeeper Yannick Edel made it 2-0. Uh, and then a, a beautifully chipped goal from Eduardo, Eduardo Rito uh, from about uh, 30 yards out at about the 70-minute mark. Made it 3-0 in favor of the Oakland Roots. And even Oakland playing a man down due to a red card for the last 10, 12 minutes really didn't make a difference. It was one of those nights where, especially in the second half, where, where nothing went well for the Indy 11 and everything went right for Oakland. So it's going to mm-hmm. chalk it up as a bad night and and move on quickly. Um, as far as, as why fans should be excited to watch the Indy Eleven this year, this is a team that has gone out and acquired you know several key pieces that have been really good players in this league for some time. Uh, I'll start with a young man that is from this area and Cam Lindley. who went to Garing Catholic High School. Cam then yeah, went and played okay, a couple of okay, years at North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, was drafted uh, by Orlando City in Major League Soccer. He's played at our league now for the better part of the last five years. It's his second stint here. He was second-team all-conference last year, extremely talented player. Others like Sebastian Guanzotti, Jack Blake, Yannick Edel, Eunice Budotti, uh, Aiden Quinn, that have been great players in our league for a long time. We've kind of gone out and put together a USL Championship All-Stars type of group. They've been solid, mm-hmm. if not spectacular, so far. I think the offense is going to develop for this group, hopefully in, in a in a short order. They are a possession-controlled team. When you do that, You're going to give yourself plenty of chances to score and win matches. Didn't happen tonight, but long-term, I think the outlook is really bright for this team.
2: Outstanding. So when do they play again?
0: So on the road at Orange County next Saturday night, back home for home matches on April the 22nd and April the 29th. Monterey Bay from California comes here on April the 22nd. Pittsburgh Riverhounds are here on April the 29th, and you hear some you know games against teams from the west there are 24 teams in the USL Championship this year and for the first time uh, since Indy has been in the league which is now year number 6 uh, you're going to see every team play everybody we play two matches against all the eastern conference yeah, teams yeah. we play one yeah. match against all the teams from the west so uh, you're hearing some some western names really you know more prominently than you've heard in a long time and so right. we'll get right. kind of a better idea as to what exactly the league is going to entail by playing a full round robin schedule.
2: All right. Now, you don't mind if I pivot and talk about another one of your gigs, and that's being part of the uh, Colts Network. You don't mind if we talk a little bit about that, do you? That is perfectly fine. Draft is coming up in a few days. Later on tonight, Matt Taylor is going to join us. And, um, I mean, the most often asked question is what are they going to do? My thought on all this is, How do you know what you're going to do? You have scenarios that you've plotted out, but until the people ahead of you make their choices, you can't really decide what they're going to do. Clearly, uh, it appears that they're headed in the quarterback position, but I'm not sure exactly who that's going to end up being.
0: I think the draft almost starts at three for them because you know Carolina's taking a quarterback at one. You don't know which one yet. You know Houston's taking a quarterback at two. You don't know which one yet. Carolina traded up to get to one. Houston, your division, you're not getting to two. And really, I think the draft of the Colts starts at three, but what Arizona decides to do. They're not taking a quarterback. I still Mm -hmm. think at the end of the day, they're going to trade with somebody. That somebody could be the Indianapolis Colts, depending on what they're asking for. And so there are routinely thought to be four quarterbacks that are at the top of this list, Uh, whether it's Anthony Richardson, whether it is C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis. There's some talk about Hendon Hooker, but the thought is he can be had a little bit later in the draft. How far into the first round, we're not exactly quite sure. coming off an ACL injury in his last year at Tennessee. And so I think the Colts feel pretty confident they can get a quarterback at four. Off the board. And the Colts think that to get there, the guy that they really want, they've got to get to three. We'll see exactly how eager Chris Ballard, mm-hmm. Shane Steichen, and Jim Mercy are about potentially moving up a spot to get the quarterback in particular that they want. But yes, I would be stunned if the Colts aren't taking a quarterback at some point either at pick three or pick four of this year's NFL draft.
2: And while the quarterback position is extremely important, they have a lot of needs, I think, on both sides of the ball as they come into this draft
0: but but at the same time, you know, they they've got enough veteran pieces where they, they've got need yes, but it's it's they're not in a total rebuild. They're, they're kind of in this weird spot, right? right. Where where you know, let's let, last year was bad. There's no other way to say it. They're we 4-12 and um, one. I I think the hope is is that some of the pieces that regressed last year can be quickly turned back around. Um, I, I think the most obvious need after quarterback is someone for the quarterback to throw the ball to. And They've got Mike Pittman. They've got Alec Pierce. They elected to let Paris Campbell go. They bring in Isaiah McKenzie. They re-sign Ashton Doolin. But I still think you can say there is a need for a second wide receiver. And then you've also got to do is protect the fact that Michael Pittman Jr. is out of contract after this year. And what exactly is the free agent marketing going to be like for him? Well, frankly, that will probably be determined by the year that he has this year and a contract year. So I think it's why the Colts are reluctant to maybe even move up to three because if they do that, they'll probably have to give up that second-round pick and they know they need help in terms of the skill position. So Mm -hmm. I I do think this team can be successful this year. If you click at the quarterback spot, I I think it's possible – and then after that, it's got, it's got to be uh, you know a little more help at wide receiver.
2: He is the best at what he does, Greg Rigstraw. Greg, thank you so much. Enjoy the weekend. It's always great to talk to you. Thanks a lot. You got it, buddy. Take care. Coming up, scoreboard update with Eddie Garrison on Indiana Sports Talk.